0: to the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Saga, and I'm here with a good friend of mine, a new friend actually, but Bishop, <laughs> it seems like I've known him for a long time. Yes, <laughs> it's been good. Our so, uh, namesake in LA, Bishop Ed Smith. Uh, Bishop is the, Bishop, are you the founding pastor of the church over there? Yes, I am. So Bishop is the founding pastor of a local church, uh, very strong church in LA, we'll talk about that. He's also the founder of an association called Zoe Association and a ministry called the Nehemiah Project LA. And <laughs> so Bishop is a social entrepreneur, man, just just birthing organizations left and right. Bishop, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Patrice. I'm look, I've been looking forward to this.
0: Well, Bishop, um, each year around this time, we um, we we either December or January, uh, we, we look at our tithe and, and we select various organization. And, and this year, we I got a link from you about what you were doing and, and we made a, a small gift there. Uh, and so I want to talk about this work you're doing. I was impressed about this work you're doing in my project, which uh, now is on our list of, uh, of ministries that we we want to, we kind of split our tide through various organizations. We want each year, you know, kind of um, uh, provide support to uh, because you're working with uh, young people that are underserved and often neglect society. I was so impressed with that video. So, so what we're gonna do is, I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna play this video because I want you to, to hear the heart of Bishop. And then, by the way, don't confuse. So we are Nehemiah Project International Ministries and Bishop has Nehemiah Project LA. So that's gonna be the focus. So that's not Nehemiah Project International Ministries, but this is Nehemiah Project LA Bishop's Ministry. So I'm gonna play this video and, and I want you guys to just watch and hear Bishop's heart. And then we're going to get to know Bishop, who he is, and really talk about this great work he's doing uh, through our Nehemiah Project LA. And be more to consider it all like we did, uh, as you consider your end your gift, no matter how small, how big, consider bishops work as one of the organization. You know, I'm sending my letters out today to folks to for the end of your gift and maybe one of your end of your gift could be uh, to what Bishop is doing in helping these young people. Uh, I want to pray this Bishop before we, we begin our conversation because I think this video uh, kind of says it all. And, and I really want people to, you know, to get a sense of this, this work is about. So. I would like for you guys to, to watch this video. There are over 400,000 kids in the foster care system. More than 20,000 foster youth transition out of the system every year. Um, I've been in the foster care system since I was four years
1: old. I was in the foster care system from the age of seven to 17. The biggest misconception about being a foster child is that it's their fault. But poverty is a big piece of that. Lack of jobs, of broken families. It's complicated Four children symbolize the devastating consequences of the opioid epidemic.
0: It's heartbreaking to see that parents will take the drugs over the children. The Nehemiah Project will shine a spotlight on the plight of transitioning foster youth in this country. My father, he, he passed away when I was three. He got stabbed
1: to death. My mother, she was, uh, she was on drugs.
0: I just remember child services being around from different things, you know, like abuse, physical abuse and no food and little things like that. But they were always around.
1: Social workers have way too many cases.
0: It's just drama all around me. And what happens is they're violated even by that foster parent or a family member of that foster home. Sexual abuse started when I was about six years old. I was too scared to talk
1: about it. And when I finally reached out to my social worker, they didn't remove me from the home immediately. They kept me in the home while they did their investigation. You're dropping them into
0: the fire because there's nothing nurturing about these streets. At the age of 15, um, I meddled into a lot of stuff like drugs and prostitution. and yeah. One would think that my safe place should have been a child care system or my home with my biological mom. But my safe place seemed to be the, the juvenile hall detention center.
1: The depth of their pain, the depths of their experience and being without, trying to struggle to have a decent life on their own, Nobody should have to live that way. We want to be a part of the solution.
0: This groundbreaking project will chronicle the lives of several young adults struggling to make a successful life for themselves, and will deeply examine the foster care system in America.
1: They help you get a job. They help you finish school. They do all these good things. By the grace of God, I can say I'm a
0: a recent graduate of uh, the MFA Uh, usc acting program the lobster partnering with the dmi project la and their pioneering new program to help kids who are transitioning of the foster care system i
1: want to change the culture of america of how america views foster children in general and also as they transition into adulthood how they treat them the time for turning our backs on our children is over
0: future is definitely bright, I can feel it. I could definitely say God is here. I will call upon your name, keep my eyes above the waves. Wow, Bishop, what an incredible Documentary again, that's the name of my Project LA, not international. Bishop's work, uh a great work in restoring the dignity of young people through the foster care system. Bishop, you're 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 a social entrepreneur, the kind of entrepreneurs who commit blood, sweat, and tear in causes that are oftentimes not financially rewarding but are essential for the well being of our culture. Bishop, tell us a bit about, well, first, before we move away from this video, I mean, great video. Uh, what do you want to be able to know about this video and why you felt you needed to produce this? It's really to bring awareness to people uh, in the country and
1: ultimately the world, but also to the churches uh, and other believers. Uh, these are young people who are hid in plain sight. There is, as the video indicated, over 400,000 of them just in the United States alone. But as Christians, these are the orphans the Bible talks about that we ought to take care of. And this is where our true religion, if you would, is manifested, taking care of the orphans and the widows. Our focus and call is to primarily focus on those who are aged out of foster care and end up uh, with no help. Even though the foster care system is not ideal, there is a support there for them. But depending on the state, depending on the situation, they may age out or run away at 16, 18. Sometimes they go into a program that may support them 23, 24, 25. But but most young people like that, because they have trauma going in with not parents in their life, they're not ready to live on their own at 25 or 26 or 28. We have a young person we're working with now who has been living in a storage bin. And I'm thinking, when I heard about it, it was cold and raining outside. I said, oh, God. I wouldn't want my kids like that. So God's heart is for these young people because he's a father. He's a father to the fatherless. So that's one of the purposes of the awareness. And everyone has a chance to hear the videos and different other stories of these actual young people themselves. The heart gets touched and they wanna be a part. For the last four plus almost five years, we've been planning, preparing, doing the work kind of below the radar. Now we're coming out more publicly with it and we're getting a good response.
0: Now, you got one of my favorite actors, uh, I'm not <laughs> sure if I have seen the movie. Now, to, to, uh, to our white friends, you know, there, there's an incredible movie on Netflix, a uh, series actually on Netflix, um, about the black church, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that many have really gone drawn to uh, by all people, produced by Oprah Winfrey, of all people. Uh, that uh, sometimes paint a very negative picture. But then you also see the redemptive purpose of the church in in that movie. And the bishop, the, uh, the actor, he does a great job. <laughs> so how did you get him to uh, to play this role for? I mean, what a what a, what a that was a great great pull there.
1: Well, it's really our the producer of the video you saw. Uh, he knew him. And we were at a gathering with young people in, in California. So we had arranged a range of lunch and we had for lunch and, and at a, my wife and myself and he and then and then and then another a lady, part of our part our team. And we talked and he wasn't interested in much because he wanted to do something for the art. He wanted to help young people in the arts, But when he heard the story of Nehemiah, he said, I can put my vision aside. I want to support what you're doing. And so he wow. said he'll be the narrator for us. Uh, for the DACA series. And so we're gonna be putting together a documentary series, not just one uh, film, but actually chronicle the lives of multiple young people. And we're gonna start online and then we'll go into the big screen later when theaters come out. But it's online where we can begin to see not just their hurt and their pain, but with the community support, which we've done and proven and demonstrated over the last five years, in particular with this community and beyond, then people can say, I can do the same thing. All they need is a family. We call we. They need people to be called. I call them. They're forever family. Our children are always family, no matter how old they get. We don't treat them like children, but yet we love them. We support them. We pray for them. We we're there for them. And these kids oftentimes have nobody. The social workers, in, at least in California, uh, after the work hours, they can't even contact these kids. And I understand, you know, you know, some kind of boundaries and so forth. And some people may have crossed the boundaries inappropriately, but. Can you imagine not talking to your children after 4.30, 5 o'clock? So they feel abandoned and and, and sometimes they get abused. So God has moved upon us to get the awareness out so people, and especially the church, the church is uniquely qualified. If each church just began to put their arms around one or two children, even a small church, they can make a tremendous difference in this country and then also in other parts of the world. They're not called former foster kids in other parts of the world. They're called orphans.
0: Wow, that's incredible! And the the actor's name is Keith David, and and uh, the the series I'm presenting to me is Greenleaf, uh, which is an incredible story of of a an imaginary the black church. Some of the stuff a bit true there, unfortunately, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great, great, great entertaining movie uh, series. B- Bishop, um, as as we're talking, I'm thinking of some some friends some pastor friends that i know that when this comes out uh, i like to push this to because if every church just does their part and partnering because this though you are near my project la but you're trying to do a national movement oh yeah it's the not,
1: movement. yeah la yeah. as you know la has been is la and california uh has somehow has birthed so many National world uh, impact, whether it be Hollywood, uh, technology, um, Azusa Street revivals, just so many things that occurred in LA in this general area. It's the city of angels, and the devil's trying to take it, trying to take advantage of it. We're going to bring it back and let God be glorified. But share and export, if you would, uh, the love of God and a way for us to partner together and help them be more effective. Um, so even people that may have a home. We just launched yeah. a new program we called Host Homes, where a person can either provide an apartment or a home that some people can live in, and we have wraparound services like coaching and mentoring to work with them. It's not enough to just have a roof over your head and be not homeless anymore. You need guidance. You need support. You need to help them help them discover what's in their heart. We don't tell them what their vision is, what their dreams are. We help them unpack it through the pain and the hurt and the rejection. And begin to dream again and love again and, and, and believe in people again and believe in God. Um, those people you saw in the video, all of them are serving God, all of them. It's powerful, and that, and it's because that, over years it wasn't easy, it took about five or six, seven years. Now most of them are married with children and thriving in their lives, and that's our goal that they thrive.
0: That that is incredible. You know, I have two girls, um, 16 and 20. And I think about my own daughters right <laughs> and and that predicament being them that hits home and and those who are watching and listening and we realize you know any of our children could be a step away something drastic happens in our lives we go crazy in our minds the lord take whatever something happens and we find our children in the same predicament and so oftentimes somebody said the life you save may be your own life, right? And, you know, and I'm sure for you, but, but Bishop, what, I mean, what gave you the, where does this burden come from for you? Uh, were you, Did you have experience in the first as a young man or did you, what, why this for you, you could have done anything? Why this?
1: Well, when I became Bishop of our association internationally, I really wanted to assault God as to what he would have me to do and where our focus would be. be quite honest, I don't want to do church as usual. I don't want to do just organization as usual, have a nice few conferences, people get saved, and, and that's important. By the way, not a whole lot of folks got saved at our conferences. We've had a lot of preaching going on. <laughs> I'm an, I, we've, we've, we've ministered salvation to over 30,000 people over the last 30 years uh, through our church and the national ministry. We're a soul winning church, but too often, pastors aren't that way. So anyway, I said, God, what is your heart? What is your heart? And I began to look at what I've been doing already. I've been working with these kids oftentimes in our church and I helped them with to get a laptop, get paid tuition for college, uh, help them get an apartment and pay the rent. I helped them get a car. And finally I said, look, I don't mind helping you all, but where are your parents at? They said, this is the way they said it, pastor, we don't have any parents. We grew up in foster care. And then it hit me, you see, there were 14 children in my mom's family, all kind of uncles and aunts I have. And they had Most of them have large families. My mom has seven kids. So when there was a problem with one of our kids, they didn't go to foster care, they went to another family. So it was not on my radar. I was not thinking about it. And yet they were in our church. And as I began to realize this is what God wants, I did a good job they will begin to start loving again and believing in people again and trusting again and starting to finish college and get married. And I did some of their weddings. It's powerful. Uh, and so to see how they're they're buying houses now. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're helping them get their credit together. More buy houses. That's part of our business with the host homes. Not do just enough. Too often programs like this are doing just enough. Okay, click, they're not homeless for about six months to a year. But when, that, when that program goes out, where are they on the street again? They not, have not lived and learned how to survive and thrive on their own. My heart and God's heart, God would have you to have the Zoe God kind of life. And for that, they have to learn how to do life differently. And still with the community, you don't age out of your community, a family and friends, you still, you, you build it and strengthen it, add more. And so these young people are learning that uh, and learning to trust. And I'm like a father-like one. My wife's like a father-like one. And our team are like fathers and mothers-like like ones that they didn't have. And so it's wonderful. That's how God birthed. and that's why to us it's straightforward. To us it's easy because it is a labor of love and God is with us and He's given us favor too.
0: Wow. Talking to Bishop Ed Smith, Bishop is a pastor, an entrepreneur, what I call a social entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and he's committed to use business as a tool for community transformation. He's a bishop of Zoe Association. Uh, Bishop, let's talk about your church because uh, that is the pulpit that the Lord gave you that brought about all this. If you didn't have a successful local church, none of this would be happening. So, give us a bit about this church in in L.A. that has become the foundation for this global work and this local outreach.
1: Thank you for asking that question because it is critical. Uh, we started our church. 31 years ago in my living room, in my home, where I'm at, where I'm at right now. And um, when God called me to pastor, I said, okay. And I started seeking. I thought I would have a church in LA. I'm in the suburbs of LA. Uh, and so uh, God told me that the city where I lived, to start the church there. So I did. But it was very multicultural. I'm thinking, let me go into LA with a lot of Black people. You know, I'm not hating on anybody else, but I'm known among the Black people in my community in LA, where I grew up. But I've lived in, 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 uh, in a suburban city and it's very, one of the most multicultural cities in America. You know, across the street, you have Chinese, you have you have, uh, you have Koreans, you have Indians, you have African-Americans, you have uh, all kinds of people, uh, young and older. And so uh, it was, but I began to understand missions. I got involved in missions from my prior church, our mother church who birthed us, Zoe Christopher Fellowship of Los Angeles, Bishop Frank Stewart. And I began to get exposed to the world which I wasn't exposed before. I grew up in a church over the years, but I didn't know God. Even when I got saved, I was not exposed to missions. When I got exposed to missions, I began to reach out, not just internationally, but also locally. Go back to to, um, Acts 1a, that you can start in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and onto the uttermost part of the earth. I can do Jerusalem, my local community. You know, Judea, my suburbs and other states, but also the uttermost part of the earth so what happened was that I started the church about how to help people live for God and live in God's purpose. We have core values, the word, faith, and prayer. Those are the three core pillars that we, we operate by. There's really 12 with missions and different things like that and economic development. But we have we talk about we bring the word of God to the nations. We have our church and our children. It's a mantra that God gave me. Who I am to bring the word of God to the nations. I am to make Christ known to all men. I am to become a true worshiper of God. I am to have the God kind of life. And I am to fulfill my purpose in the earth, God's purpose in my life in the earth. For in me, shall all families of the earth be blessed. So at the beginning of our church, we were talking about families. We attract a lot of families in, in, in our church. A lot of people get married in our church. We model marriage. We have marriage ministry. And so family, so, but guess what? God told Abraham, I, I, you're blessed to be a blessing to all, Families of the earth. These kids did not have a functional family. And so when God talks about the orphans, I took it serious. So the foundation and the community culture of our church, even today, had, and I thought about it, I wrote it down just this early this morning, last night. I said, This is what God has been doing, preparing me for this ministry today. And so we have an international footprint. Uh, and in fact, it's bigger internationally than it is domestically. We're growing more domestically, but it's mostly bigger in the United States. And so, because we've all, we've supported for the last 30 years over uh, about, wow, about 24, 25 different missionaries, most of them African-Americans, because they can raise money for nobody else. Many of them didn't know how to raise money and they were struggling out there. They're fine about us. Here's a church, majority African-American that supports missionaries. We support other nationalities as well, but we help them get supported. So we invested millions of dollars over the years and, and we still do today. We support them regularly. They're they're in the Middle East, they're in South America, they're in Africa, they're in Japan. We have missionaries, African-American missionaries that have been in in Japan for 40 years and still thriving today. Another one in Latin America, he's in Spain over 45 years, and and they're thriving. These are unsung heroes we supported. And God said, now take this ministry, this family approach of community to the world, and especially focus on these orphans. And so I believe that's what God prepared us for. Uh, Wow. And uh, so to us, it's straightforward because, as you know, people may leave a church and move out of the area and so forth, but we're still connected to them. See, our relationship, we're very relational. Uh, So, anyways, that's give you a little background. (laughs) I'm 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 sorry.
0: And and it's important for our audience to know, you know, a lot of our audience are um, not African Americans. And so I want you to know that for mission, for a black church to be doing international mission, unfortunately, that's not common. Am I right, Bishop?
1: No, in fact, uh, I spoke at a major conference about 15, 20, 20 years ago, and these are mega churches uh, that are predominantly African-American. And when I talked on missions and I brought one of my missionaries in, in fact, two or three of them, they were shocked. And they began to repent, they began to sell their cars, uh, you know, they began to the, the, their own TV ministry, but they weren't reaching, they weren't doing any, any missions ministry at all, just the only the only television ministry in the United States and so forth. And they repented and began they began to support missionaries as well. Uh, but even still, there's such a a lack. It's it's easy to think about ourselves uh, and forget about others beyond us. And um, and so to us, preparing people, we've probably even sent about 3,000 short-term missionaries out of our own church and broader community. On short term mission trips. And we want people to crash. We partner with local churches and businesses to make that happen. They raise their own money. They raise thousands of dollars to go to South Africa for two weeks or Brazil for, t- for two weeks. And then we support our permanent ministries on an ongoing basis. So to us, we're all in and we're unusual. We would have people find us. We heard about you. We heard about you. And would you support us? And I said, well, we, have, we don't have you in our budget. But we're going to find some money for you, though. And we just do it. And because of that, God blessed us. I began to learn that the missions minded churches, mostly our white brothers, I learned from them that the mission minded church was a blessed church. And I said, Amen. I'm going to stick with God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the word says it is more blessed to give than to receive. We're talking to Bishop Ed Smith about empowering children through the foster care. She just joined us. I want you to, when this is done, Rewind it, play the early video so you can hear what Bishop is doing um, in LA and what he has a vision to do around the nation and even the world through the foster care system. You can learn more about Bishop, um, his work through the Zoe Bishop, um, the Zoe Christian Fellowship, is it the same, uh, the same website? This is a different website for the church?
1: No, that's a different one. I'll get back to you. It's Zoe. Uh, ZCF zcf Zoe Christian fellowship but the initials zcf.org all right www.zcf.org and then a the Nehemiah project the third is the third uh, website is nehemiahprojectla.org.
0: awesome so if you are in LA you're looking for home church a place to worship that cares that's engaged that that is about not only uh, empowering christians but also transforming culture you want to look out for that particular local church. If you have heart for children, uh, you want to be involved in, in in something that it really is impacting children with the global vision. Uh, you want to connect with Nehemiah Project. And if you are a minister or pastor, you want to get involved in an organization that is about looking at the world from a, from a global perspective to both for mission and the word of God. I want to check out the association. Bishop, uh, we're going to be working together. One of the things that connected our hearts because you're an entrepreneur at heart. You started a local church, Zoe Association, and and then the M.I. Project. So you, you create uh, sustainable strategies for social problems. And one of your hearts now is uh, is is you know how to be even more intentional. You've done entrepreneurship programs before, so it's not something that's new to you. Um, And let's talk about entrepreneurship, because our audience are entrepreneurs. These are entrepreneurs not only in the United States, but around the world. As a pastor, why do you think entrepreneurship is such an important uh, tool for the the gospel message or the gospel agenda?
1: Because the entrepreneur person, the business person, uh, brings a unique mindset to provide solutions to problems. Um, and and that's what the church should be about, and so they're in our church, and I began to realize that even though I was very entrepreneurial, uh, I want to empower our congregation to go into, Medusa said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, then I thought about it. That means leave no part of it out. It has to include business and other areas of influence, and so I encourage our congregations. uh, For years, I, I was trying to get them to become missionaries and preachers, and I realized I was putting pressure on people and some of them weren't called to do that. And so I began to realize, no, many of them are called to go become co- corporate executives, uh, to run their own companies, to work in media, government, all spheres of influence. And I finally got it. I need to prepare them to represent, be like be like the Daniels and be like the Josephs, places of influence. So business people and entrepreneurs uh, is creating new innovation. And when you do create new innovation that helps and has value, then there's economic benefit because there's value in what you're offering people. And we should be the people that are the lead. Uh, we should not be the ones waiting and taking, waiting for the world to be innovative. And then we try to put a little Christian wrap on it and a ribbon on it. No, we ought to be the leaders blessing the world with our technology and wisdom and insight and help. And also help these, uh, the social ills of our world uh, mm-hmm. because the best solution is a Christ-centered solution but too often the secular nonprofits, our, our businesses are not so much interested in working through a Christian faith-based organization. So if we don't raise up our own people to start prospering beyond just a paycheck of a job and, and really be entrepreneurial, then we're limited in financing the gospel.
0: Oh, amen. I love the way you laid it out, Bishop, uh, because many entrepreneurs yearn, Christian entrepreneurs yearn for the validation an affirmation of their pastor, especially in the black church, but in all churches. I used to think it was a black church issue, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm realizing it's, it's not just a black church issue. Uh, but it, and, but it's getting better. And so yeah. you begin first by validating. Uh, Trick, thank you for watching. If Trick say Amen, you begin by first validating <laughs> the uh, the calling of an entrepreneur, right? Recognizing that 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 they're not to leave their business to go on the mission field, or become uh, in ministry that that indeed can and is ministry. Yes, that 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 when they leave your your church, they're going out to carry out the great commission. It may be in the boardroom, it may be in the factoring plant, it may be it may be at a retail store, wherever that is. That is their ministry. So 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 that's the first step, and then. Then he talked about how they are essential in partnering with their local pastor to bring about transformation. They bring innovative ideas. They bring things out of the box. And then you got into their treasure. That who best than the entrepreneur to unleash the capital that the kingdom needs and ministries needs. Uh, But oftentimes, Bishop, the church starts with the treasure. And, and never even address the relevance of their ministry in the marketplace. Exactly. I
1: call it, uh, uh, you know, I was on a board of a major ministry in Colorado Springs for about over, over 12, 15 years. And I had to just step back and get some focus on things in the ministry. And my point is their focus was the nine, uh, the, the 1040 window ministries where you have least voice of the gospel and that 1040 window from North Africa to Asia and Europe and so and then i began to realize we'll support the 95 of uh, the uh, 1040 window but there's a nine to five window and it. there's more people in that that don't know the gospel all over the world and they're in america too and there that's where they shop where they make something where they order something where they pick up something where they eat and that's the marketplace and so mm. when we when i started valuing the marketplace and because the people that Jesus worked with were marketplace ministers. <laughs> they were fishermen. They were businessmen. A little rough around the edges, but that's all right. They had to grow.
0: <laughs> I love it, entrepreneurs. If you're hearing this message, like Trig, you you say Amen. amen. With, um, a bishop, who understand your calling, your passion. Now, uh, Bishop, and, and and as you know, uh, oftentimes in the Black Church. Black pastors are entrepreneurs. You know, unlike a lot of time in white churches where they're assigned in, they come into system and so forth, you all are entrepreneurs. If it wasn't for the entrepreneur past in the Black in the black community, the Black church would not thrive. Uh, but what I love now from another entrepreneur validating those other entrepreneurs like you, you know, and you raise a point, they are rough around the edges. Right, and that's often what creates attention tension because they're often, don't, they're often not easily controlled by the pastor. <laughs> and and so, so there are pastors listening to us right now, Bishop, and they're saying, but Bishop, I can't control them. What advice would you give them? They're stunts. they're wild. You know, if, if I, they miss church on Sunday, you know, if I give them too much room, then what advice would you give from one pastor to another? as to how do, you, how do you walk that to make sure these entrepreneurs found validation while at the same time being disciples?
1: Well, you're raising a good question. I've had some of the similar concerns early on as well, because it's, it's the pastor's tendency is to, con- is to be a shepherd in control of the flock. You know, in other words, you gotta stay in order, don't go out too far and all that. So I get it. Uh, but I began to understand being an entrepreneur myself uh, to work with our business people and top executives uh, is to give them the freedom to serve where they're served best, with they're gifting. And, and sometimes it's raising money. Sometimes it's bringing resources. Like, for example, we have a former NFL two Super Bowl ring guy played for different football teams, done really, really well. He's prosperous. But he's the go-to person to bring all the food that we get, most of it anyway, that we give out to needy families uh, on a regular basis in our church and our community because he has access to NFL football players and other type of organizations. Well, he loves doing it. I need to give him an opportunity to do it his way. <laughs> okay, he said, "I got the source. I, I do it to be at four o'clock in the morning, drop off the turkeys and stuff. It's okay. We make sure we have somebody there to open up and all that kind of thing." And so we're responsive. And guess what? He loves it. Now he's also an usher in our church. But you know, he's he's gone a lot. So it's, I have to allow him that space to let him do his thing. And so. Our biggest giver in our church is, is, is a Mexican woman uh, born in Mexico uh, by far. And she's in area real estate and she is so successful. And guess what? On Saturdays, uh, we have major events. She rarely comes because she's out there showing properties and so forth. Now she does it online. My point is that give them the freedom. That means we as pastors have to be uh, secure. We can't bring our baggage to the ministry. If you have baggage, you got to ask God to help you deal with it. Because the bigger vision is about collaboration and working with people, even the people in your own church. There may be some crossover. They may have another women's event that may compete. To, you may think your women's event. Well, don't sweat it. Give them freedom to do it. Just, they're doing it if they can, not do it the same day you have your women's event or your special event, great. But there's plenty out there. The harvest is plenty. Okay, if we, if, we, if we be more inclusive, you attract more people. You yeah. put boundaries on people, you'll push people away. Yeah, and Lord. God has your back. If you trust God that God called you, he'll provide those little mix-ups over here, he'll work it out. And I'm known for that. I have to learn to trust God and God always blesses. He blesses the relationship because I'm willing to trust God to have my back and the back of the church and don't be paranoid and don't be over controlling. I was kind of that way at first, but I had to get out of that and realize I wasn't God's best.
0: Wow. That is, we had to retire to this, this podcast <laughs> and this can help some pastors right now. Uh, now, Bishop, so I'm I'm an entrepreneur and I'm listening and watching this. I'm saying, well, pastor, all right, I, I wanna do this. I, I'm gonna submit myself, you know, but I, I'm struggling here. Pastor, what advice would you give me the entrepreneur so that, I, so that I'm able to not be as difficult for my pastor and then I'm able to, to truly uh, both cross my business while at the same time being submitted and helping my local church?
1: That's an outstanding question. What I would recommend is that the entrepreneur go have a meeting with your pastor. First of all, develop a relationship. Uh, take him out to lunch. Uh, uh, understand his heart, his vision. Understand what he's trying to do, because oftentimes pastors have not done a good job in clarifying their vision to the broader congregation. So the entrepreneurs may not be clear about what he wants to do. They know what he does every Sunday, but not the broader vision. And so, understanding that, and then begin to share over time. Maybe and then you start talking about what you do and how you can help in partner. This I can help you do that, Bishop or Pastor. I can help you do that over here. Are you open to it? And there's some and explain to them. Sometimes I'm not here, and these are the reasons why. I know I'm playing golf, but that's where I make my deals. <laughs> I'll be at Bible study on Tuesday night. Okay, I'll watch online. But if you understand, I love the Lord like you. I'm still giving. I'm, I'm just not in in each service all the time. Uh, just understand, uh, I may need a vacation with my family, uh, what have you. But if you explain and he understands, you have you now got a good relationship. Now, if he's so intimidated, some pastors are very intimidated then they may they may not be open but I think if you take that approach build a relationship with your pastor become a friend and, and 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 share your concerns and not just about the church and your own personal life Pastor will you pray for me about this and begin to share some things now he opens up because a lot of pastors are so lonely they have no friends and that's part of the challenge the pastors are kind of in a in a cocoon and they and they've now created a world which is primarily them leading it and that's not good. So you can build a relationship and let him let him know and pretty soon he releases you and now God's moving and he's happy, everybody's happy and the, and the kingdom of God prospers.
0: Wow, that is good advice. I love it. Again, I'm talking with Bishop Ed Smith. He's founded uh, three work, three major project, the local church, uh, Zoe Christian Fellowship, uh, this international association of ministers and missionaries around the globe and this, uh, this city work called Nehemiah Project LA, which is more than just about LA. He has a vision to really transform the way foster care is done around the world, uh, not only in the United States. Uh, Bishop, you, you've got a you've got an event coming up. We're gonna have to have you come back because we have an event coming up in June that we're helping with. you are gonna have you come back and talk about just Zoe Association. Um, and at a certain point, we're gonna work with you to, to bring economic engines around what you do in LA in terms of the e-community center So we'll talk about that at another time. But what I want to wrap up here around is this foster care. So people are watching and listening, and so uh, they're they're saying, "Okay, Bishop, you got me. I'm I'm sold on this thing." So how how do I, as an entrepreneur, how how do I become part of the problem? I didn't re- I mean solution. I didn't realize how bad this was do I become part of the solution in helping this vision, whether through you or whether my community, I want to end, Bishop. How do I do that?
1: This is a good question. Help us um, perfect the model going can be scalable nationally and globally by helping us perfect it in L.A. Ah. Uh, I, had to, I had to help some of my business people that are in Vancouver, they're in Seattle, they're in other parts of the country, and some of them Well, can you do it over here? Well, I'd rather perfect it here first and then we can roll it out. Like you do any business model, let's perfect it. Okay, so the perfecting level is where we have our own homes. Right now we place them in other people's homes. Some of them are owned by other organizations, maybe state may be involved, but we have no no control of the impact and talking to these kids after they get off the street that it's in a place to stay. And a lot of times they don't do well. So we decided to have what we call Nehemiah Host Homes. That model is scalable. We're partnering with an organization called the the Orphan Project, or Care Portal in the United States. And it's a technology company, but all full of Christians. They love God, working together. They're based out of of Kansas. And so that's going to help us work along with the Nehemiah Project in in Vancouver as well. So my my point is this. By collaborating with organizations that help us, you know, and and, and get the word out, we can come to your location as well. Another thing you do is you can provide a give. That's always easy but also you work with your employees. Help me talk, share the video, go to our website and see what we're doing and learn, oh, we can be a part. You can be a coach mentor, that can be done online. We're doing that now. You can do a number of things, you contact us, we can share with you more, more intimately how you can be involved in a very practical way, maybe as a family, you share with your children. We wanna get involved in this community, we do other things too, but how can we be a part? There's a part you can play, we have a whole list of ways. Uh, this, t- this uh, 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 call does not allow us to, to explain all the details. We have a list of ways you can be involved and be supportive because it's that important. We don't want to exclude anyone or any organization that has a heart for these kids. So we decided to look at various ways you can be involved and you see, you'll see, find at least one or two that fit you very well.
0: Oh my gosh, I love this. <laughs> you know, I do. I mean, Bishop, in any business person audience listening can understand that. He's saying, OK, let's first build a prototype. Imagine if all of us, I mean, we didn't give much, $100 that we gave, but let's say thousand of us today just do that, $150, right? I mean, think about what that means for this organization. So we all kind of focus our our energy around creating the prototype and say, Bishop, we believe this we are going to be the venture capitalists. We're going to deploy the resources okay. to allow you to have the prototype, right? Some of us will be, you know, time, money, church, whatever. We're going to do that. And then what Bishop is saying, as we do that, then he has a model that those of us who want it in our backyard, he now can work with us to bring in our backyard. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I, I just love it. So, so it gave you a few things you could do. Obviously, there's a website right there. You could go team, put the website up, please. You can go to um Nehemiah Project LA, make a contribution, and begin to connect and plug in. Um, you can w- watch the video. Is the video because the video I played is in another website. Is that also on the Nehemiah Project LA website as well? Yes, sir, it is. You can take that video, you can play it to your family as you guys consider your philanthropy, right? We teach our people that philanthropy is planned their giving. You know, it, this could be one of the things that you do. Uh, you can bring it to your employees, right? Play them to your organization. Uh, as a matter of fact, Bishop, here's what we'll do. We will bring you to one of our staff retreats and mm-hmm. share that our staff, you know, those who want, can consider this is one of the ministries they want to support. You can do that wow. if, if 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 many of us around the world host Bishop into organization, and just encourage our staff,
1: you yeah. know,
0: with the hey we you know we'll, we'll, we gave to this organization. We want you to consider this. Think about what happened. I mean, yeah. you know, and the power of that just hosted at minimum, you can educate your staff about yeah. this at minimum can inspire your team about having a heart for the community. You know, we talk in biblical entrepreneurship about the importance of having a kingdom impact. Yes. Right? That we generate a profit so that we can impact the kingdom. This is one of those ways. Yes. This, this is one of those ways <clears throat> to impact the kingdom by educating your team uh, around this. And of course you can also pray. So Bishop, if, if they want to the, the website is there. Can they also access an email or phone number at the website, or can you give them something right now as well? Um, I don't I don't know the, off, the phone number offhand, but it is on the website. Oh, uh, website. Can and from there you can call, access, or, or email, or whatever the case may be. So, so Bishop, uh, 2021 is coming up. So what does success look like for you? So we are a year from now, December 31st, 2021. <laughs> what would you have liked to have seen happen so that the people listening and watching can pray and believe God with you?
1: I really appreciate that. And that's the key word, pray and believe God, because it's, it's it has to be birthed in prayer. By the way, we're praying ministry. Uh, and so by the end, we have a goal, a three-year goal of raising $10 million to acquire 12 homes because we're gonna renovate them, we're gonna be inspiring, uh, attractive, good artwork, technology, man as well, a live-in person to support uh, people that have their own room. I thought about initially maybe have two or three two-room, but I realized these kids are used to never having their own room. So to help inspire, bring out the best, it costs a little more money, but give them a, their own room. So we're looking at raising ten million dollars in three years. By the first year, we will raise at least another million dollars uh, by the uh, in the end of uh, twenty uh, twenty-one, and they can provide a house. Uh, they, can, they can help commit to renovation. They're a design company or construction company. They're uh, partners in this area. Uh, all that is part of the process because when you go to Starbucks, for example, it's a nice modern look. So we, we don't want, if a house may, may have a basic bones, we're gonna remodel it so it looks nice and they can see now this inspires me. Why these kids are used to being into dumps a mission on the on the street, you know, it's kind of been there for 30 years and it's not nice, it's just a place to be off the out out of, out of the cold. Okay, that's not inspiring the best in somebody. Mm-hmm. These young people, we want to have them commit to two these two years in our program to get to get life coaching, planning, job, finish school, and now they're able to make money, and particularly in the technology area, because they can do well. We want to train them in cybersecurity, not that we do it ourselves, partner with organizations like. Like Nehemiah Project and others that say, okay, how can I provide training with these kids to be the best in their area? They may not want to be technologists, but they have the skill set, and that's applied to any area of life. And so they can start now by by being involved in financially, obviously, but they may want to will some property, but we can't use it until you die. So we want to, we want to get property now. So in the next uh year, at the end of the year, to answer your question, over a million dollars in cash to begin to acquire our properties. And I I'm confident that we'll have more property donated to us. More property donated to us. Even some commercial, we can have mixed use. Can you imagine having a mixed use property, which means you have commercial on the bottom and housing at the top. And now we train these entrepreneurs to run some businesses on the bottom. We're we're, we're in for a good good treat.
0: (laughs) The man of vision, I love it. And we are standing with you on that. You know, Bishop, so much happened this year in the US, besides the pandemic, we had the social unrest and many uh, of the Nehemiah um, community, you know, their, their heart was, Patrice, how can we help? You know, um, and one of the things I will share with them, you know, identify and partner with an African-American leader who is doing great work and come alongside and, and, and lift that up. Because I know that some of my, some of our friends are concerned about you know the some of the far left stuff, but the yeah. only way to counteract that you've you've got your alternatives, yeah. and, and these alternatives has to be genuine, has to be authentic, and and has to touch the hurt, yeah. and it can't just be. And so this is what's happening. So this is a great way, guys. For you to counteract what's happening, you know, because there's no reason why in a country like America, uh, we have the we are the wealthiest country in the world by far, where what Bishop wants to see happen cannot yeah. happen. Some of us, as entrepreneurs, we have innovative ideas and other stuff. And we need capital for that. For Bishop, yeah. it's about the mm-hmm. social ills. And he's picked a very specific social ill that uh, he does us to partner with him on. And so Bishop, I believe it can happen. And so we're gonna stand with yes. you on that. We're gonna Thank do you. our part for sure. Well, Bishop, um, before we close in prayer here, um, you know, a lot of people have been, have have gone through a lot of pain this year. As mm-hmm. you know, you yeah, have the pandemic, the social unrest, economic challenges, political uncertainty, <laughs> right? Both sides promise the end of America as we know it right now. The one side is saying it's over. The other side is saying hallelujah. You know, there's confusion in the air. Would you encourage the people? So speak our, both to our friends in the U.S. and our friends around the world. This is the end of your message. In one to three minutes, give them that end of your sermon that <laughs> they walk away hopeful in spite of what happened this year. What do you say to our people Bishop? Two things.
1: I would like for you to, uh, there's a video you can go on watch on YouTube. It's Dr. Jer- David Jeremiah. It's gone viral and it's about the sheltering God. That what we're sheltered in, 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 in with this pandemic, that he goes back to the biblical evidence, whether it be Noah, whether it be uh, other prophets of old, he goes through it. And every time Jonah, they've come out in a better place by obeying God. I wanna give you hope and encouragement. Yes, there's death in our community. We should be bringing life and hope and see the positive opportunities to do more good and that God use me, use me. But that video I shared about our congregation, it is powerful. It's called by by Dr. Jeremiah, uh, David Jeremiah, the sheltering God and he talks about how Don't be too dismayed. It's not, you do what you have to do to live through it, but be preparing now. And plus our theme for our conference, and my theme is in my heart, is is in Isaiah 23, 19. It's behold, I will do a new thing. God is still doing new things and let him do it through you and your family, but let him go deep this time. Breaking the racial boundaries we may have in our lives, uh, maybe not being as generous givers as you uh, used to be, and he's maybe because cut back, our God sees uh, the heart of people internationally. God is concerned about the world. He does not hate the world. He loves the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know it. So let's love the world into the kingdom together. And we can do this and then think about the least of these. Those are the orphans.
0: Wow. I tell you, he's a keeper. Bishop Ed Smith, <laughs> yeah. Senior Pastor of Zoe Christian Fellowship, the founder of Zoe Association, the Bishop of Zoe Association, and the founder of Nehemiah Project LA. He has a heart for the foster kids. Bishop, thank you, thank you so much. And Bishop, we're gonna, producers, let's invite Bishop back. We need to bring him back at least twice next year, because we had a talk about his conference. And Zoe Association, what it's trying to do there, Bishop. Again, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Patrice. You're a blessing, and we're we're good. we're we're caught. We're stuck at the hip, you and I.
0: We are. We are. Hey, listen. If you want to know more about Bishop and his work, uh, there's the, the website out there, nehemiahprojectla.org, nehemiahprojectla.org. You can also go to the Zoe Association website. Um, and and of course, you can also go to the Zoe Fellowship Ministries website. It's all right there. I'll uh, just go to Google and just put Bishop Ed Smith, <laughs> and when we do that, it will pop up. You can't miss yeah. it. Maybe there's a lot of them out there, but he's the one that's high, the highest-ranking Bishop Ed Smith. I did okay. it, and and it just popped up. So so thank you so much. Hey, if you also want to know the name, I probably can come alongside you. And th- I'm talking about the Nehemiah Project International Ministries, uh, how we can come alongside you, how we can partner with you to build or enhance that kingdom company. Visit us at nehemiahentrepreneurshipcommunity.com, nehemiahecommunity.com, nehemiahecommunity.com. There you can learn about our training program, biblical entrepreneurship, and enhance your existing business, or help you create a new one. There you can come about with our coaching program, how we can come alongside you and provide you with coaching to improve your business, and um, make a greater kingdom impact. You can learn about access the capital program, how you can receive the mm-hmm. financing that you might need to be able to extend your business from Kingdom Impact Investor. You can also become a member. Bishop is a member. You can become a member of the community uh, where you can connect with entrepreneurs from around the world. Well, we'd love to have you join us. And with that, Bishop. I'm going, to, I'm, going to pray. I'm going to ask you to close. Him. There's an anointing upon you, Bishop, today, and I want you to pray for our people as we close so that that same grace that's on the man of God can flow to our people around the world.
1: Father, I pray for your people. I thank you for what you're doing in Beatrice's life and, and the uh, Nehemiah Project in Vancouver International. Uh, they have a heart for your people, but a unique anointing upon them. And those are watching my prayer, Lord, that they'll catch the same anointing They locked into the same vision and spirit that's on Patrice. You brought him here for such a time as this. These people are watching now and later for such a time as this, that you are prepared to do a new thing in our lives. You'll make a river and a desert. You'll make a way, a road and a wilderness. And you ask us the question, will we not know it? So, Lord, I think that they will recognize you're at work, even during this sheltering time. You're at work. You're doing a wonderful work in our lives, even though maybe some pains and disappointment. You're at work. You're at work. You're at work when you're taking the people out of Egypt and they're crying. You're at work, Lord God. And we'll see the light. We'll see the end of it. So we thank you, Father, that what we're doing today will have kingdom impact for generations to come. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. Happy New Year, Bishop. Happy to you all. God bless. (laughs) God bless.